Welcome everyone to another episode of Priestess Mercury. And we will begin with grounding the energies and opening and invoking, calling upon the north, the east, the south, the west, earth, air, fire, and water. Mom Gaia, Mother Earth, Father Sky, Mother Sky, and Father Earth. All of our angels, ancestors, and allies from the collective unconscious that are here to spew through Matt and I today for all y'all. May we ground in heart and in our true essence in service of love and wisdom and oneness. So mo to be. So mo to be. And uh, we're gonna jump in today. Yesterday, uh, we're recording on Tuesday the 16th. And so yesterday afternoon, uh, Mercury entered uh, Pisces. Uh, to join the Sun and Venus and Neptune. And so uh, we have right now a stellium of planets uh, there in uh, the final sign of the zodiac uh, until uh, the solstice, which is coming up shortly. So for a few days, we've got all of this Pisces energy uh, coming at us. And, uh, you know, Pisces being the kind of uh, point at which we finish the journey and return and start over again. Uh, it's, you know, one of those signs where things kind of uh, shift and change uh, and bring us in out of one story and into another. Uh, and so it's really helpful uh, to tap into the, uh, uh, the less logical uh, and you know, open our open ourselves up to what is potential, uh, and uh, into the unconscious. And uh, so we want to uh, dig in today and look at uh, uh, the unconscious, shadow work, uh, and how divination and astrology kind of play into that. Yeah, we're going to take a deep dive into Pisces. Pisces, the sea, the wild, wild sea. Pisces, the literal sea, where all that crazy life is, the origin of life and the origin of life on earth, the sea, the origin of life for us is the collective unconscious. And the collective unconscious is the 12th house in the birth chart. And the 12th house and the collective unconscious is Pisces, is Neptune all that and to feel into this aspect of who we are this aspect of who we are is transpersonal beyond the self it is beyond the ego beyond ego identified and yet we are completely connected with it mm -hmm. we are never this plucked ego that's just like wandering around separate we're always connected to all of our angels, ancestors, and allies through the bloodline, which is the horizontal, kind of how I see it, the horizontal, and the past lives, which is like the vertical. 
Like we have a, a ceaseless journey going on on so many levels through the bloodline and the DNA, which makes up a big part of us. I like to call that the dragon. Through the vertical, the soul's journey through all of the very many lives. We also have, you can also look at that 12th house in terms, if you're thinking about it more from an atheist or like nature oriented, would be kind of just being what, like connected and in, in the symbiosis of nature. Mm -hmm. can look at it that way as well yeah it's like the source of evolution the source uh, of evolution mm -hmm. again that would be like looking at the sea floor almost as metaphor for that the mm -hmm. origin the single cell bacteria grandma single cell mm -hmm. so this is pisces and the way that pisces connects with us connects to the collective unconscious so we have and this is looking through a Jungian or depth psychology lens. We have the ego, the personal shadow and the collective shadow. Unconscious and shadow are synonymous and they are having to do with what the ego doesn't see. So our ego, which the metaphor always uses is like the iceberg coming out of the sea. The part that comes out of the sea is the ego. This is like us talking right now. Everything we're aware of, awareness itself out here is the ego. And then right underneath the part of the iceberg that's underneath the water is the personal shadow, which would be the eighth house mm -hmm. of the chart. And this is where everything that gets suppressed and oppressed and repressed in childhood as our neural pathway forms our ego identity by age seven, that's pretty hardwired. Everything that gets oppressed, repressed, suppressed goes into the personal shadow and throughout your life. So when you won't let yourself feel sad, it goes into the personal shadow. When you unconsciously submerge your artistic talent because you live in a house of lawyers, you grow up in a house of lawyers that don't honor creativity, whatever, it gets suppressed in the shadow. The collective unconscious is the 12th house way deeper, the collective shadow. And this is where our ancestors live. It's where the pantheons, the gods, the goddesses live, the, the soul of everything, the soul of earth, the soul of the universe versus the actual little, literal bodies, just like our souls live in our bodies, but our souls are way beyond the body, is all living in the collective unconscious telling a grander tale. Mm -hmm. The personal shadow tells a little baby tale, like the tale of everything you want, everything bad that happens and good that you hope for, you know, your personal little tale of like my little life. Mm -hmm. And then the 12th house tells the grand tale, the grand story of humanity, earth, the galaxy, the universe, that's Pisces. Pisces is the grand tale where we're all connected as one where all is forgiven and where we let go and surrender, all dies to be reborn into little baby Aries in that first house, <laughs> which is coming with this spring solstice. So we're about to get squeezed out all brand new, spanking new, screaming in a few days with the solstice. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, in about uh, what four to five days, will uh, the sun will move into Aries, uh, quickly followed by Venus, and so we'll move out of this Pisces energy and into uh, something a little more active um, and uh, a little bit more embodied. But here we're we're in this moment where we're at one somewhat with. Uh, with consciousness and the universe, mm. and so you know, we want to, we wanted to take today and kind of dig a little into you know why we do things like pull cards or runes or uh, you know why we you know look at these archetypes within the chart as uh, having these uh, kind of multivalent meanings that can. Uh, show up in different times in your life and in different forms. Uh, you know, the dream state, uh, you know, why do we want to engage with, with these kind of things? Uh, let go of, you know, that mercurial uh, obsession with logic and reason and kind of tapping into the intuition, uh, that other part of the mind, uh, the mind that goes back and forth between the unconscious and the conscious uh, and gives us, you know, that uh, inner kind of trepidation sometimes when we're uh, going somewhere where we, we know is kind of off uh, our path uh, or, you know, or it's, you know, seeing the synchronistic messages uh, that, shouldn't be there. They shouldn't make any sense, but they make sense to you. Uh, and, you know, so we want to take some space to dig into that and honor that. Yeah, uh, that the intuition is the inner navigator. And the intuition may rise as your own soul. Mm -hmm. It may rise as an ancestor. It may rise as an archetype and the astrology archetypes all live in that 12th house too. I mean, they, they rule houses, mm -hmm. but they all live, they all spring up. It's like kind of thinking about what's springing up into my ego consciousness now. What's springing up into my ego consciousness now? What about now? Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, a lot of times we, I'm kind of, whatever. Pi another, <laughs> let's talk about the shadow of Pisces for a second, because right. I keep feeling this desire to let go of my line of thinking and just trail off and just stare out the window. <laughs> like it's almost so effortful to stay intellectual and Pisces doesn't want to and the collective unconscious doesn't want to. So it's like if I kind of metaing out and sinking in like if I let my intuition guide right now versus my ego, because my ego wants to be like, let's stay on track. We're making a podcast. Let's make sure to describe <laughs> and explain things. But if I let go of that, which is like this desire, Piscean desire, my intuition, what does my intuition want to say? What does your intuition want to say right now? It wants to like hold up the bag of runes there's all these different ways to access the intuition, the soul, collective unconscious, tarot cards, any divination tool. We've got the archetype deck, the tarot, 
-hmm. is a direct access way to gather yeah. information, to connect. Any, anything physical uh, can be a conduit for the intuition. But uh, it, it's images though. Yeah, it's but the cards, words. yeah, the cards and the runes, like these things get us out of language and uh, into uh, into this space where we have to piece the puzzle together uh, intuitively. Yeah, and, and it's through the images, the symbols. That's mm -hmm. the language of everything beneath ego of the of the shadow is yeah. images. That's why dreams are direct access also because they're images. Yeah, this is a great time to be keeping a dream journal. Uh, you know, scheduling an appointment with a, a Jungian analyst and uh, going in and talking about your dreams. You know, I'm going to just give a quick tutorial when sure. you don't have the money to sign up with a Jungian dream analyst. <laughs> have your tarot deck in the morning, pull like this. Everyone in your dream is an aspect of yourself. Who was my mom in my dream last night? Pull. Who was this person I dreamed about last night in my dream? What aspect of me? Pull. What, what did it represent when I was in the hospital in my dream last night? Pull. And you just pull a card for every person and situation. And then you start to piece it together through the feeling of the image because when you are looking at images any image you look at any image we can use a system like tarot but you could have a pack of pictures that you take and uh print out and laminate and use mm -hmm. that just as easily it just needs to be yeah. symbols and images and then through the feeling of the images you start to be able to tell a tale that's bubbling up from the unconscious and then yeah. what you can do is say what is the directive of the dream because the unconscious is trying to give you a direction and then you can pull three cards. What is the directive of the dream? Sometimes that directive will be a warning. Sometimes it's just letting you know feelings that you didn't know existed. Sometimes it's giving you actual navigational advice and then you can analyze your own dream. And you can do that too. I, and here's just another thing. I don't have a single client myself or anyone I know that doesn't say, I just, I just don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and write down my journal or there's always like a reason to not immediately write down the dream. So if that's just mm -hmm. too difficult, if you can in the morning, recall it and say it out loud, that'll help you remember enough mm -hmm. and get to your tarot deck before it leaves. Mm -hmm. Then you can, then it'll. Or even if it did leave, you can go to the tarot deck and ask the tarot deck what the dream was yeah um, you can use the tarot to recall it exactly and it's such a great way it's so i did that this morning i had the most intense dream coming from my ancestors having to do with some tragic family stuff and it was it was just so powerful you know i recalled the dream when i woke up and then went right to the tarot in the morning going to the tarot in the morning because the morning would be the time that we're most connected to the collective and personal and conscious to the shadow. Mm -hmm. That if you can avoid the phone or just be on it quickly and really use the images 
The words are the language of the conscious and the images are the language of the unconscious. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is a way to engage with language that is much closer to the images of dreams. Uh, but I mean, it does require letting go of the logical. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's the thing is you look at the image and then you talk. Mm -hmm. Because then the conscious is fleshing out the unconscious. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the image and you're like, I feel like there, he's relaxed. He's at peace. Mm -hmm. You know, then you're speaking direct from the unconscious. And this is what I do with clients. When we pull tarot, it's not divination. It's let's, let's directly talk to your unconscious. And, and then I always ask them what they see. What do you see here? And what they see is the most truthful answer because they're talking to their own unconscious self by looking at the images, no matter what the meaning of the tarot is. This is using right. tarot again, more in that depth way than in a divination, although it don't, usually winds up being divinatory right now. Yeah, I mean, that's the more potent way of uh, dealing with the cards. Yes, it's helpful to know what all of the associations are with the cards. They can give you and, you know, get your mind to pop to something really fast, but it's not necessary. The card itself you'll have an association, your brain and your body and your spirit will go somewhere uh, if you're engaged in the process. And that's the most important uh, mm -hmm. part. Trust whatever does come up regardless. I mean, even if it like goes against what you know that card exactly. is supposed to mean, uh, you know, the, what you're doing is you're setting up an encounter. You're, uh, you're asking uh, what, you know, whatever you want to call it, source, your, your inner self, your true self, uh, God, uh, you know, Jesus, whatever you are, you are engaging uh, in a process of uh, communication there that's beyond uh, just the three dimensional space. And so opening up to that, whatever comes through, comes through. And the cards are just kind of a conduit for that. Uh, they just give you something yeah. to uh, to spark things in your body and in your uh, in your mind, which connects to all of the spiritual stuff. Right. And pretty much your body is the shadow. It's the conduit. It's the magnetic field. Basically, it's mm -hmm. like our bodies look solid, but they're like magnetic fields with many layers transmitting. So they're transmitting the ineffable mm -hmm. and the numinous into distinct concepts, ideas, understandings, because that's all we can do as egos. The ego is precious. The ego is what develops when we're little. It's how we be a human. It's, it's, we couldn't be human without ego. Like that's the part of our mind that's here to be a creature. So everything that we communicate has to be a thing. We have to be able to name it and we have to be able to put a boundary around it. The stone has to be stone. It can't just be this amorphous, you know, then we're off the planet. Then we're like in our multidimensional light beam bodies. Oh God, I want to go back so bad today. Anyway, Pisces, like, please, this form is too hectic. Anyway, 
So we have to be able to label, have boundaries around things. So that's the ego. So the body is actually the magnetic field, the translator, like, and by feeling, so the body has all types of feelings. We have physical feelings like, ouch, that's hot. And then we have intuitive feelings like, hmm, the hair in the back of my neck's raising. I feel a little wary, mm -hmm. you know? And we have psychic feelings. Like, I feel like something bad's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, premonitions. Premonition that and those are all transmitted through the magnetic field of our bodies. So our bodies are these amazing temples. We've objectified them when science got, is and science and religion are both fucked up versions mm -hmm. of each other. Like they're missing half of each other um, and turned into something different. But in that merging, which is going to be this age of Aquarius, where the two are going to merge and we'll reach a new level of understanding matter and like we won't, they won't be separate anymore. But um, that, I don't know, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> kind of building on that, like <laughs> some things that are really helpful uh, and, and you'll see it in any kind of occult practice, uh, you'll be directed to do things like uh, yoga, uh, where you're bringing the body and the mind kind of together. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that so you can important. be more sensitive to, you know, what the messages of the body are, what's coming through you. Um, so that because a lot of times like we everything gets mediated to us and the body becomes like a lot of us don't really uh, most of the time to. don't have a material relationship to our bodies and we kind of zone out and uh for but only a material relationship yeah it's either dissociated and all heady and in the mind mm -hmm. or it's like overly material like it's this object to perfect to make the muscle look a certain way to make you know the skin look a certain way it, it, we either over materialize or we, yeah, we dissociate from it when really the body is this multi-dimensional magnetic field of brilliance. And when you do, I, I just want to say on the yoga front after practicing regularly without stopping once, like at least four times a week since 2014, I'm at the point now where if I do five sun salutations, I can go from totally cranky disconnect to completely mind-body connected, just from that alone, just from doing the the breath-body connection and five sun salutations, it's mm -hmm. like so amazing to me that yeah. and what a difference because before those sun salutations, I'll be whatever cranky, cantankerous, groggy, and like eh, you know, and then I'll do the fun five salutations, and it's like. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I suddenly become like a flute, resonant and open, and there's a grace. This is what's available to us, that when the body and the mind connect and the body and the mind open, and we connect to that 12th house, mm -hmm. what comes through is grace, what comes through, or whatever. Maybe you have to ball your eyes out on the floor. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Well, grace. sometimes grace looks like that. Yeah, like that, yeah. Sometimes grace looks like grace is like flow, mm -hmm. really. It's that flow of presence. It's being present. 
being present is the flow. Yeah. Well, and, and it's also like when we have those balling sessions, like there's something that's, uh, I mean, not to pun on it, but to, there's something balled up in the body uh, that is being released and let go of. Um, and so, you know, that uh, connects yeah. us uh, with, you know, we're, we're connecting the mind, the body and the spirit. And, you know, it lets that balled up feeling get out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can get back to being with our bodies uh, and not yeah. kind of holding uh, ourselves separate. I, I always like to think about feelings as poop because they are, but they're, mm -hmm. it's like invisible poop. And like, if you don't poop, you get all constipated and you're like so uncomfortable. You can't even deal if you go too long. That's how it is with emotions too. But because, you know, blah, blah, cultural narrative, bullshit, toxic, la, la, you know, we're not taught to feel our feelings. We're taught to suppress them into the personal shadow, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, have a solution and carry on. Eventually, when feelings aren't pooped out through expressing them, the body can get really sick on so many different levels. And I'm not reducing either. I'm not saying only emotional buildup creates sickness. Right. Because uh, uh, there's uh, lots of factors that create sickness. But emotional buildup does create sickness. It will create all mm -hmm. sorts of body pain and illness, disease because it's literally being stored in the body as energy and it literally will build up. So this is why so why shadow work is like getting a colonic mm -hmm. and doing regular shadow work is like getting taking care of your emotional GI tract. It's so important to feel your feelings. And again, cultural narrative makes it like this bad thing. We were also scared to feel sad or scared to feel angry or scared to feel negative and it's like you can just let it out that's the learning and let out all those feelings that aren't optimism and positivity and gratitude and then it's like taking a big poop mm -hmm. and your body is then free and then yeah your mind body are reconnected again like you're back to a state of balance and grace and that's really that eighth house work and where you can see a lot of issues I mean, Matt and I, we both have eighth house stelliums. Well, in my, uh, if I'm using a quadrant house system, yeah, I have an eighth house stellium. It's yeah. in the ninth and whole sign houses, but. Yeah, um, we both have a ninth whole house, eighth. Yeah. Plus, uh, which, plus. I mean, makes sense that we're having a podcast uh, about healing work uh, because yeah, it's eighth house and the ninth house kind of, uh, kind of stuff. So, yeah, and when you have a lot in the eighth house too, you're definitely going to have the power authority complex, power complex, especially of course, depending on what you have there. And when mm -hmm. then whatever you have in the twelfth house is going to speak more to well, there's the 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 couple factors there: the vertical and the horizontal. Mm -hmm. The horizontal is your DNA, your bloodline, your genetics, your multi generational the multi generational wounds. Mm -hmm. the dragon that so much of the trauma and the torment, the pain, the problems, everything that you experience aren't even your own. Mm -hmm. They're, they're the, it's the monster in the DNA. It's, it's in the dragon. It's in the whole bloodline. 
Yeah, I mean, we know from epidemiology that uh, trauma does uh, get passed down uh, generationally. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And so there are things that you are letting go of that, you know, were, you know, five, six generations back in your family. I mean, this is part of the reason why collectively we really do need a large conversation about things so like alive. slavery and things like this and letting go I, of it. Yeah, because, it's so alive for me right now because there's stuff going on in my family and I come from Jewish and I've talked a lot about the, the feminine bloodline and the suppression of the feminine, mm -hmm. especially when Judaism went from tribal to Abrahamic religion, it, the patriarchalness, women no longer had power and the way that that got passed down and also the Jewish, the persecution, we're all well aware of that. And that I always say there's this tragedy in the bloodline and there's a lot of heaviness in the women in my family, including me, we all have health, we all have autoimmune, there's cancer, there's autoimmune, and it comes through the body. It also comes through the emotions. I'm not gonna get into that part of it because it's too personal for the podcast, but it definitely comes through the emotional as well and the personality, we, we've titled it if you um, give given it a name and externalize it to help, there's ways to heal. Um, but like being able to name it, and like I am so in touch with that this morning as stuff goes down, and just really feeling like, wow, this is this is a multi generational thing, a multi generational disease, a multi generational wound, in the way that. Uh, the body and the mind intersect mind body connection and that disease in the body and disease in the mind are not they're always together mm -hmm. to some degree you know and that that is the 12th house that's right. what you're dealing with in the in, with the horizontal and also gifts it's there's the wounds and then there's the gifts mm -hmm. you know you might have a super psychic gift that goes generations back. You might have an artistic gift going back to like a grandparent, great, 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 you know, so gifts and wounds equal both, you know, in that horizontal. Yeah, and sometimes the wound is the gift. Uh, yeah, that's the most Pisces. If you look up Pisces in the dictionary, I think that should be the, <laughs> the wound is the gift. The wound is the gift. I mean, and not from this, like, turn that frown upside down place. Right. Because tragedy sucks and mm -hmm. pain is difficult. And yet at the same time that that exists for the ego, which is just as precious and valid from a soul level, we learn unconditional love. We learn forgiveness. We learn resilience. We learn tolerance. We learn all these beautiful lessons and ways of being from traversing through pain and tragedy. Mm -hmm. Pisces knows this. Yeah. Uh, and along with at the 12th house, it, like it has these traditional associations with uh, prisons and asylums, but it also, uh, this is where we would see th places like hospitals, uh, 
places where you have to go and put yourself away Convalesce. to be healed. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that could be like the, the uh, physicalized version is the prison, the hospital and the shadow side that when you're not healing, you might wind up in a psych ward when too much tragedy happens. Mm -hmm. When you're not healing, you might end up in a hospital till death or not. I mean, even when you are healing, sometimes even you when you are healing, thank you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. That's a really good call because healing doesn't necessarily provide a result that keeps you away from the psych ward, the hospital. You know? Yeah, that's the lesson of the 12th house right. uh, is that that sometimes the painful thing is the thing that'll heal us. Uh, and it's, you know, opening yourself up to the harder and the harsher parts of life in order to surrender to where things are going and surrender. that you're not in control of it. Right. That's major 12th house surrender and letting go of control, the helplessness of the shadow aspect of that. And that the shadow of Pisces really is that there's delusion, self-sabotage, addiction, escapism, and tragedy that ends in tragedy. Mm -hmm. And the light of the Pisces would be more that healing, the healing that brings the result. Like you heal from the cancer, you heal from rape, childhood sexual abuse, whatever, like you heal from it but some people don't heal from it. Right. And that karma that can go in either direction isn't personal. That's a huge lesson of Pisces in the 12th house that it may be your karma to have some aspect of your life or your life itself end tragically. And it's not your fault. You didn't make it happen. You know, you didn't make, right. you know, cancer happen. You didn't make sexual abuse happen. You didn't make mental illness happen. You didn't make your whole life being under the oppression of the white man happen. I mean, like there's so much tragedy that isn't your fault, that never will be your fault, that the ego always wants to think I did it. It's, you know, think mm. when you think ego, think of under age seven, because that's where we all get hardwired. That's and so that, yeah. that kind of line of thinking of a child, like, well, well yeah. if and mom the 12th, and dad are divorcing, it must be me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because like the 12th house is that part of the sky that's also just above the horizon. Uh, and when things are there that you can't see them. Uh, so there's, you know, that's a lot like what's happening when we're, we're first born, you know, we're, we're come into the world, but the things in our life, like we have no control over them. We can't see them, but they're shaping us. They're uh, putting this imprint on us and uh, you know, we, uh, we will feel the effects of them. And from a spiritual point of view, it's like your Dharma and your karma that, from what Pisces understands from a spiritual point of view, if this resonates with you, if not toss it out, no biggie, um, is that, so, that you might be in a lifetime where you're meant to be the offender or where you're meant to die from a murder or where you're, you know, there's a meant to be-ness that's not excusing it and saying, let's not learn from the mistake. Cause that's the paradox of it is like mm -hmm. the healing is another layer. But from a Pisces point of view, 
everyone has their karma and whether that karma be something horrifying or something awesome or anywhere in between your karma is your karma we're all here to work out a karma and again if you know toss it off it doesn't resonate but that's earth school that this plane of existence is like a school Mm-hmm. And, and the, I want to emphasize there because I think that was really great. But, you know, we're all here to work this out. It isn't yeah. just that I'm working this out uh, or you're working this out, Michelle, but that we're all here working this out together. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's that's a hard lesson. Sometimes. And we're not separate. Mm-hmm. That's why, because we are everything that you do affects me. Everything I do affects you with everything and everyone. We are all connected. I mean, you can get really anxious around that hypervigilant and, you know, not want to kill anything and be super like, oh, but that's just being afraid of pain. Mm-hmm. It's like getting used to pain, building tolerance around pain, tears, frustration, tragedy, endings, like the circle of life here on earth, pain and pleasure, dark and light. Right. All and, of it is sacred. And, you know, when you really get down to it, there is no way for you to live and not destroy uh, some type of life. Uh, your body converts things right. into energy and you are, uh, you and all of nature, like everything is turning over into uh, itself. Uh, the, you know, Birth, life, death, rebirth. Birth, life, death, rebirth, which is... Satanama. Satanama. There's a. I'm doing. I'm touching my. With the planets as the the fingers as the planets, the mudra. Yeah. Right. The mudra. You touch your thumb to your first finger, to your second finger, to your ring finger, to your pinky, which is Jupiter, Saturn, Mm -hmm. Venus, and Mercury. Uh, Satanama. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm blanking on it right now but yeah Thanks, i think that's Mercury. right yeah and when you do that it tones into your body because remember the body is the magnetic field which is why mudras are are powerful that it's like helping you and this is very pisces Satanama, surrendering to the cycle of life the circle of life all life creates death all death creates life we are here for a limited time only with our eyes open. Yeah, that, and that's a great practice too. It's one I've done a number of times. Uh, maybe I'll go for 30 days where in the morning I'll, uh, there, you can look it up on YouTube uh, as the Kirtan Kriya. Uh, so spelled with a K-I-R-T-A-N. Um, and it'll play along with it and, and you can chant. It usually has you do uh, out loud for a while and then uh, whisper for a while and then do it silently for a while, but you're doing this mudra all the way through. It's, it can be a really grounding. Uh, you're basically touching in with that cycle of life of the universe. Uh, and Connecting. Yeah, it can really speaking, help you with that letting go. Speaking of, I feel like let's let's make a big beeline and pull some cars or pull a rune before we run out of time. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a great idea. Let's maybe start with uh, you know pulling uh, maybe pulling a card. Uh, what we should probably come up with a question because and this is helpful too when you're coming to the deck. Uh, if you can figure out why you're coming there. 
uh, at least a little bit. Uh, it gives a, you a little more clarity and a little more tuning to And the what... most general way to do that too, when you don't have a specific, Matt, do you want to be the guinea pig? Uh, yeah, sure. That, that sounds so, great with me. Okay. So here's the most general way to be specific is you can say, what does my shadow, what wants to be revealed from my shadow? Yeah. So let's do that for Matt. Okay. Well, do you? What wants to be revealed from Matt's shadow? I'm going to pull three cards and hold them up together. I always pull in threes, always. Threes are great. Uh, I mean, because you get like, it, it's a great, um, uh, well, the number three in numerology is about expansion uh, beyond the union of two. So it, it can give us, you know, give you a, a great message. Okay, let's take a look. So for those who aren't watching, we've got the four of wands, the moon in the middle, moon in the middle and that monkey, the moon, mm -hmm. and the queen of pentacles on the other side. So the moon is sandwiched between the king of pentacles and the four of wands. So Matt, what do you see in these just by looking at the images without your knowledge of what tarot the, the meanings are. Well, I, I would note that uh, all of the uh, women in the cards are uh, kind of lost in um, their activity. So they're, they're kind of uh, being caught up in the moment whether it's the women dancing in the Four of Wands uh, or the woman that's fallen into the, uh, into the sea, the Piscean Sea, and uh, uh, seeing the moon up there, uh, or the woman who's kind of resting on uh, in her pentacle. Did you say that's the Queen of Pentacles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, who, you know, is trusting and kind of feeling that magical energy of the the pentacle the earth object there uh so they're all kind of tapping into something interior i want to jump in and say as you say they're all these women in the moment essentially mm -hmm. i'm thinking about that juxtaposing your ego because this is what's in your shadow and how structured your ego is right now as you're on the job hunt and you're, you know, doing what egos do and, and executive functioning and trying to get the ducks in the row and the things accomplished. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what's in our shadow, which shows up in our dream so much is the polar opposite of the ego, especially if the ego is really stressed or intensely in the thing it's in. And when you say it's like all these feminine characters falling into the sea, just enjoying, or just like sitting here in nature, basking, I feel like that's like the longing, the feminine in your shadow, just longing to just be and be in life and be in that Pisces grace and flow. Yeah, that really resonates because uh, so much of uh, the job hunt and some other things that are going on in my life, uh, keep uh it seems like you need to ha like have all of this 
active, young energy. Get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. But uh, so much, I find that uh, when I do just kind of let go and get into the zone a little bit and not fret so much about uh, meeting the quantity of uh, activity that's necessary, uh, that uh, things tend to come to me and tend to work themselves out. Uh, but when I get in that hyperactive, have to you know submit six applications today, it doesn't end well. I, I don't usually yeah, feel good about what I've done. I get, and in fact, some of the time I plan to do like 12 applications and then I wind up laying down uh, for a good chunk of the day because I just like the woman in the uh, uh, moon card there. Like I just, it's just my body just is like, no, take it slow. Uh, and, you know, I have ADHD. So that is part of what's going on for me is that uh, when my mind gets in this super logical mode, it starts to shut down uh, because there's so much uh, that it's weaving in and out of that I, the filters don't work. And then I just get exhausted. I feel these two aspects you're speaking of here. Um, one is, can the feminine, you, the, okay, so just that in your shadow is a lot of suppressed feminine energy when right. the masculine is on overdrive due to which, which is, you know, I'm going to use, use the example because we're all the same. Mm -hmm. So that the masculine, the ego is too rooted in masculine because we live in a too rooted in the masculine world. Mm -hmm. So we're all too masculine. And um, that it's like, okay, got to do six applications, got to do more, got to get it. And there's all this fear and there's all this, like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and be productive. And that whole narrative that's suppressing the feminine and that the two tracks I feel as you're sharing this is one, if you let the feminine out through the job hunt, things will come to you because it opens the door for divine synchronicity. Again, our bodies are magnetic fields. Everything is connected all the time. You can mm -hmm. operate from a completely different plane. It takes a lot of skill and practice to shift over to this plane, but it's hella way better. But like, um, mm -hmm. that if you can surrender to the feminine magic in you, to your intuition, your synchronicity, your felt sense, then you might just naturally gravitate to glass door at 8.02 PM and see this perfect job and like, the words flow out of you and it, you know it's it can be more it doesn't have to be the bulk it doesn't have to be putting in a hundred to get the one it could be more synchronistic mm -hmm. and it can honor the adhd which who knows really what's underneath that on a collective unconscious level and how much of adhd right. is a collective disease springing forth from suppressed feminine energy which is kind of what i feel but then let me finish the other track i'm like trying to get it all out before it leaves my brain <laughs> uh, is how the feminine also just needs to like chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to stick you in the park or stick you by the sea. This is what I always feel for everyone when they need this, including myself, is I want to toss you in the sea where there's like amethyst discs to lay on in the sun and dolphins swimming all around, like just to get to be a human, mm -hmm. a creature and to just get outside this like, 
you know, again, in the toxic world, how much we have to do to just have a roof over our head just to be valued. It, oh, I feel so much anger in serving, mm -hmm. sacred anger that is the friend part of me feeling protective and wanting to see you have some, some of this um, feminine outlet here just as a human outside of like all the things that have to get done. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the, I mean, this is one of the generational uh, traumas that, that we're dealing with probably the fallout of all this earth energy that we've had for 200 years where it's this uh, overemphasis on masculine or young or however you want to think about conceptualize this taking energy where you go out and you actively propel yourself out and you you do 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 it's poisonous yeah and with but you know and but we need that. And where balance. is it in your family? Let's name it just again to be an example for our listeners that, yes, collectively it's the toxic patriarchal uh, karma that we're all in. And then in your particular family, where is this most prevalent? Yeah, you know, I've I grew up with all this hyper uh, pro capitalism. Uh, you you're, you know, you 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 have to work to eat. Uh, and that kind of value like drilled into me uh, again and again and again in this uh, uh, kind of diatribe against taking any kind of safety net uh, like unemployment or, uh, you know, there was always this uh, scoffing at uh, mostly women on welfare. Uh, and, Is this coming from your dad's side? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And well, I mean, all, I know all we're all it. under it, every side. Yeah. It's every, America. It's partially America. It's America, but, it's, but just trying to get a little specific. I'm just like, what am I feeling? I'm just feeling like this specific. Is this the dad wound? You know, because you can name it that when you're going into the 12th house, you can name it the dad wound, the mom wound. Um, you just kind of get like the way that they can come through differently. I don't, I don't want to say that's what it is for you. I'm more just trying to, for our listeners, give yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be one way of, uh, of, of naming it. Uh, I mean, mostly, uh, I guess I got a lot of that from my dad. So That's what I keep feeling into is like a lot of that judgment. And, yeah. um, the, and the patriarchal structures in the church were church, also very much. The uh, church and the, yeah. Right. It's just there was kind of there was an through. emphasis on charity, but there was also a lot of judgment about laziness that right. uh, was very um, uh, it made it very hard to deal with in terms of being someone who struggles with uh, executive functioning, like I just forgetting things and not having and structures in place. Yeah, like ultimately, underneath these specific examples. What I, what I keep feeling as I look in these pictures is I'm not seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm drowning. Nobody sees I'm drowning in the sea. And, and this is like, this being seen is like the, the joy. I mean, in this picture for those just listening, it's like these two women at a carnival, just dancing and happiness, you know, they're mm -hmm. celebrated. Yeah. 
they're celebrating and they're celebrated who celebrate who in your upbringing celebrated you who saw you and then here is this woman queen of pentacles being really content with her physical life serene mm -hmm. which is like you know again when we're looking into the shadow in the personal shadow saying that contented physical well-being is shadowed it hasn't come up on the surface yet to live this part of you you could also wonder when you see the court cards in the tarot what ancestor might be coming forth for you right could this be a grandmother an aunt or you know we don't have to get gender specific with the queen it could be a man just as much as a woman or whatever mm -hmm. but like is this a specific ancestor is this a specific guide that wants to help because when we call upon the ancestors they do help they are able, I mean, I know in my family, in the, again, the feminine line, whenever my grandmother is visiting, we smell cigarette smoke. Mm. They make, they affect the, the ancestors, as well as our guides in the vertical ancestry of the soul and multi starseed beings and all that they affect the physical realm because it's all a magnetic field. It's all able to be affected. Mm -hmm. everything can affect everything so i wonder if there is a bean mat like one of your ancestors wanting it i just get that feeling too which is why i'm saying it like i do sense a female ancestor here mm -hmm. that wants to come through for you a guide i really get that sense And doesn't it feel just from tapping into these three cards, starting out with sort of the ego of like toxic patriarchy, ADHD, and what you struggle against. And as we're diving deeper and deeper and getting possibly to this ancestor and the feminine contentedness in you, do you feel what I feel here? Yeah, I mean, there is a power in, uh feeling like it's not just uh, something about me in particular. That, also, do you feel the grace? Do you feel the presence? Or is that yeah. just me? Yeah, no, I feel that. Like, I really feel like, right. And I don't want to dismiss what you said. Because yes, it's not just you. We're all in the same freaking boat over and over again with this 12th house awareness, it's just kind of which archetypal specific of the boat are you, same boat are you in? And then just this sense of grace, like you're supported. Mm -hmm. You're supported so deeply. Yeah. And that's, you know, as I think about that, I think about the women in uh, my family that, you know, when I did need help, yeah, is this uh, have come mom? through mom maybe my grandmother you know Grandma. Uh, mm -hmm. i know i feel them with you yeah yeah i mean even most recently like uh you know my grandmother was able to help out even though she passed away uh that i was able to get some help in terms of like uh uh, having an extra cushion through this unemployment period 
uh, yeah. that I got from her. So yeah, some physical help, and I I feel her spirit too. You know, and it's, when we pass out of the body, when we step out of the body and dump the human cloak, oh, can't wait to do that. Um, the the grace of our own being, of our own soul presence it comes so alive for those who stay awake in the crossover. And a lot of people sleep when they cross over, mm -hmm. but for those who stay awake when they cross over can bring such, like, I'm just getting this sense of your grandmother, I think more than your mom, mm -hmm. having this warmth and nurturing. And now that I really tap in, in this 12th house, I feel like that's the same warmth and nurturing that you have. Like you have a very, but it gets shadowed a lot, you know, but mm -hmm. when it comes out, it's like this really warm and nurturing kind of goldeny, deep, bronzy kind of presence about you that I'm feeling here with your grandmother, like, and I just get this sense of like, everything's going to be okay. You're going to find the job and you are loved. And even though it's all confusing, like the moon card and you're just like in the sea of everythingness and so far from the logical awareness, you can go ahead and celebrate yourself in life, even though hard. And I don't know, all of us, it's constantly hard everyone you know so how can you find the little bit of celebration in all of the the pain in the heart and i feel like your grandma's with you wanting to bring you that yeah and i felt that uh you know now and most recently so that and you know some of that warmth that you're talking about like the nurturing is kind of a part of my mom who's also passed yeah um, and your mom too mm -hmm. i really feel i'm feeling warmed by them mm -hmm. i'm feeling calmed my heart's filled with pain this morning and i'm feeling comforted by them and not only comforted by them and comforted for you also just that sense of like satanama that yeah tragedy, sickness, illness, poverty, pain, injustice, and yeah, love. Mm -hmm. And this tiny moment of love, this tiny moment, like right now, where we have five minutes to breathe and recognize how much love exists, or I don't know, it's hard to put words to, because it's mm -hmm. felt like my cells feel calm. Nice timing for the bell. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, thank you all for uh, sitting through this with us and, uh, you know, let us know, you know, what areas that you want grace in. Uh, we, uh, you know, encourage you to take up a practice of uh, divination that, uh, you know, come to it without all the baggage of having to know what the cards or the runes or, uh, you know, whatever you use means, um, and just pay attention to the body and what uh, what it messages it's giving you. And your uh, imagination. 
Mm -hmm. and your imagination. This is a great time for that. Uh, so leave us comments uh, on the YouTube or you can uh, email us at uh, priestessmercurypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, again, if you, you know, want, uh, you need therapy uh, with a you know, perspective that brings in astrology and the tarot and uh, you know, this kind of shadow work, uh, reach out to Michelle at michellebloomcounseling.com. Uh, if you want an astrology reading or a tarot reading. That's not the right email. It's healing at michellebloom.com. Oh, healing at michellebloom.com. Oh, I'm okay. pretty full right now, but you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. And you can also go to intransitastrology.com and, uh, you know, sign up for an astrology reading with me uh, or you know if you reach out to me at the website you know i can set up a tarot reading as well so uh and uh you know we'll be looking forward to uh coming back here on the next uh mercury's hour and uh you know next time it'll be aries season so we'll be kind of in that uh beauty of springtime and the beginning of uh the regeneration of life again so until then, uh, you know, Satnam or Aloha or, you know, whatever. Shalom. You, yeah, Shalom, whatever you uh, use as a benediction. Uh, and we'll see you again on the other side. See you on the other side.